Welcome to another episode of 6-Minute Monday where I give you six tips and tricks to make you more efficient and effective in the weight room, the boardroom, and on a football field. Now before I get into the standard six tips and tricks, I'm going to give you a bonus seventh tip. And that is, if you are creating a product that comes out on a routine basis and you stop putting it out into the world, if people don't ask you for it, then it probably was adding uh, very little value to people's lives. So if you're creating a report that comes out once a week or a blog that comes out once a week or even a podcast like this that comes out once a week, if you stop doing it and no one asks for it ever again, well then, no one really cares. So I'd like to personally thank or send an extended thank you to the people that have reached out to me asking about 6-Minute Monday. It's been out for about a month and a half. I have used this time as a mini experiment to see if people actually cared or valued the 6-Minute Monday podcast, and they absolutely did. Uh, the reason I use this, this this time as an experiment is because I have com- been completely and totally consumed with coaching football and uh, diving deep into the data analytics of football, and I really have not had much time, and I had to say no to some stuff, and this was the one thing that I've said. This is one of the things that I said, All right, let me just put this on the back burner. Why? Because for, for the moment, it wasn't the most critical thing in my life. And two, I wanted to experiment to see if it was the most critical thing in other people's lives. So the feedback I got, it gave me the energy, gave me the juice, so to say, to go back and get back on the horse. So, uh, so here we are again. Okay, let's get into the six tips and tricks. Tip number one, a quote that I'm thinking about. It comes from the great and powerful Warren Buffett. If you don't know who Warren Buffett is, look him up. He's one of the richest people in the world. Now, that does not make him successful in my eyes just because he's rich. What makes him successful in my eyes is that he's rich, but he seems to have done it in a way uh, that has not totally and uh, completely freaked him out. And he's, he's kind of done it in a way that I would love to do it, in a minimalist fashion where he's doing it on his own terms, at his own pace, in his own way. He's a, a, a sick investor. Google him. He's sick. Now, let's go back to the quote quote from Warren Buffett is, the difference between successful people and very successful people is that very successful people say no to almost everything. I'll say that again. The difference between successful people and very successful people is that very successful people say no to almost everything. So that's tip number one. That's my the quote that I've been thinking about. That's going to link to tip number two, an article I've been reading f- about Warren Buffett. So Warren Buffett, uh, the reason I've read this article, I've reading it once a week for the last two months, is that I have been feeling guilty about saying no to things. I'm not that great at saying no to things. You know, you always don't want to, you don't want to pass by opportunities. And I've been feeling guilty about it, especially when you're coaching multiple football teams. You're feeling constant guilt because while I'm with one team, I'm not with the other. While I'm watching film for one team, I'm not watching film for the other. So you feel this constant sense of guilt. So, or you stop doing things. And in football, there's a lot of waste of time activities that consume your life but add no value. I've had to uh, mercilessly say no to those things so I could only focus on the things that made me hyper-productive. Having said that, uh, I need to, I've been reading this article from Warren Buffett once a week to make me, at least give me some justification for me saying no and not feeling guilty about saying no. Uh, anyway, it's a great article. If you want the article, I, su- I will send it to you. In this article, there is this great story that I use all the time that Warren Buffett relates to Ted Williams. Now, Ted Williams was, I think, the only guy in Major League Baseball history, at least the last guy, to hit over 400. And what Ted Williams said was, I don't swing at any pitch. I only swing at certain pitches in these regions. So he sits back and he waits. He'll wait for that perfect pitch, and he's only going to swing at that pitch. And that's the approach that Warren Buffett took to stocks. He's not going to go invest in every stock. He's, he's going to sit back, and he's going to wait, and he's going to take his time, and he's going to invest in the perfect stock. So 
this is the, the thought process that he's put in his mind. This is why I think he's one of the most successful people in the world, because he doesn't play everybody else's game. He plays his own game. And the result of that is that he has a minimalistic lifestyle and one of the, uh, the highest net worths in the world. So that is the article I've been thinking about. Tip number three, a productivity tip. So and this, this kind of links back in a, in a little bit of a way to uh, what Warren Buffett was doing. But the productivity tip is, when, I'll go specific and then I'll get more general. Specifically, we just finished our two, the two football seasons I've been working with. They both just ended on the same exact day. Now, rather than uh, go into a hole and hibernate, as many, many football coaches do, they just say, ah, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. I'm not thinking about football for a month. No, that's not what I did. The night after... We lost both games to end our season on the same exact day. So two seasons done on the same exact day, both games lost. I went back and I made a list of everything that I wanted to work on to make myself a better coach or to make our teams a better team or to make myself better at better data analytics. And I wrote down a list of, let's just say, 20 things. And then since that day when our season ended, I've been dedicating three to four hours, not straight, but three to four hours a day to work on those topics. So every single day, I am accomplishing and checking off the list one of those 20 things. And then circling back with other coaches, other people I respect, other analytics people to say, hey, what do you think about this new tool? What do you think about this thing? For me, I personally work better if I consistently work all the time than if I work uh, 80 hours one week and no hours the next week. That's the way that I operate the best. So some coaches in season, uh, they'll pull all-nighters. They won't sleep. That's not me. I want to be refreshed and energized during the season. So I do a consistent amount of work during the off-season so that while I'm working as a coach in the season, I am energetic. Having said that, if you're doing anything, say you finish a tough man or you finish a big project at work, as soon as it's done, don't just go back and do nothing. Sit back immediately, do a lessons learned or do next steps, and then build off of what you just did. Because, you know, the, the freshest thoughts in your mind are the last ones that you have and people's memories stink. So the longer you wait, the more time you let go between when that event ended and when you start working on your continuous improvement projects, uh, the more fallacy there's going to be between what actually happened and what you're working on. You may work on the wrong stuff because you just simply remembered it wrong. So write that list, at least write that list right away. Okay, uh, another th side note to that, this might be a longer than a six-minute Monday, is the beauty of having a feed-the-cats type of head coach, which we did at Tottenville High School, was that when the season was over, because he ran such great feed-the-cats style practices and style, style of a season, I'll say, we as coaches were still, we weren't exhausted. Like, I'm still energized. I'm energized enough to now continue these studies. It's not like we didn't totally pour ourselves our heart and souls into the season but again with most football there is tremendous amounts of wasted time where in many 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 instances most coaches are just happy that the season is over with with Tomville High School I never felt that way I was excited to go to practice I was excited to come home like and just get, get back and get, watch more film because he kept us hungry he kept us energized so that's actually carrying off over now into the offseason where I'm energized to do this data analytic work I'm energized to watch more film I'm energized to work on a defensive playbook because we didn't completely and totally burn ourselves out during the season Okay, uh, whew. all right, tip number four, something that I am experimenting with. So I had been, you know, you guys remember I've been doing my three sets of three, max effort bench press and max effort deadlift three times per week. And then I took a break from that during the season and went to Olympic lifts only during the season. 
It was just something that I felt I needed to do. Uh, it was a, gr a legit grind going into the gym, going max effort work three times per week on both bench and deadlift, and it was wearing out my soul as I was trying to use that same soul to coach football. Anyway, I am now getting off of the Olympic lift-only movement, and I'm going back into the three sets of three, bench press and deadlift. Now, what am I experimenting with? If you guys remember, I was using undulating periodization on the weights, meaning you go up with your weight, then you go back down with your weight. You go up with your weight, you go back down with your weight. So let's just say, I'm shooting out an example here. If I was doing one-arm dumbbell bench press, on Monday I do 110 pounds, on Wednesday I do 115 pounds, on Friday I do 120 pounds. That's going up my weight. Now the next week, I'm going to go down with my weight. Instead of doing 125 pounds, I'm going to go to 115 pounds. Then on Wednesday, I go to 120. Then that Friday, I go to 125. Then the next Monday, I go back down again. I don't go to 130. I go to 120 on Monday, 125 on Wednesday, 130 on Friday. So that's what's called undulating periodization. What I've decided to experiment with right now is instead of undulating periodization, I'm just going to use the same weight for three weeks straight. So instead of starting at 110, maybe I'll start at 120, and I'm just going to do 120 every single day for the next three weeks. And the only reason I would stop that is if it feels completely and totally simple. Now, why am I doing that? There's two reasons. One, I've heard it was a, ba a best practice from uh, Eastern European Olympic lifters and power lifters that this was something that they had done because strength is a skill and they are really working on perfecting the movement so that's reason number one reason number two is that i believe that in using undulating periodization there are some weeks where the weight is way too light and there are some weeks where the weight is way too heavy uh, overall by picking a weight it's still going to be the average weight over those nine weeks but i want to make sure that i'm challenging myself enough and in the right way because if the weight is too light Sometimes you're not getting enough out of it. And if the weight is too heavy, there are instances where if the weight is so heavy, you compensate with your form or something else, and you're not actually hitting the muscles uh, that you really want to hit. So that is the thing that I am experimenting with. And then tip number five, an exercise tip. If you are going back into a program after some time off, say you did what I just did, where you were an Olympic lifting only program, now I'm going to go back to this max effort work. Or let's just say you decided not to work out for two weeks for whatever reason. You did nothing. You got lazy. Don't just go jump right back on the horse full throttle. What you should do the week before you get back into that lifting program is do the same movements but at much lighter and more explosive weights. So a great example of this, right now, again, I'm doing max effort bench press, max effort deadlift. That is like 85% of my, my one rep max uh, for three, three sets of three. Instead of doing that heavy weight, what I did in my deload week before I went in, into this program was I did the same workout. I did three sets of bench press, three sets of deadlift, but I did it at with a dynamic effort. I did it with like 50% of my max effort weight Sorry, my one, 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 ah, one rep max weight. They were 50% of that weight, and I did it as fast as possible. Bang, bang, bang. I'm smoothing the groove. I'm getting the central nervous system going. Uh, I'm getting that motor pathway going in my body, and it really prepped me for when yesterday I went back into the gym. It prepped me for that super heavy weight that I was going to use. All right, so that is the tip. Don't just jump right back on the horse if you've been laying off the program. Get back into it with explosive movements that are similar to what you're going to be doing in the gym in the, your next program. Okay, the last tip, tip number six, uh, the strangest thing that I saw. Maybe it's the greatest thing that I saw. So uh, I was away 
I was working out in a hotel parking lot. Now, this hotel parking lot was right next to a river. And every morning when I, I've been running there, I've had to travel to this place a couple of times before, people always go to this river and they meditate. They'll just sit there, they'll relax. And I'm running in a parking lot, so I don't know if I'm disturbing them or whatever. But having said that, this lady drives in, she gets hops out of her car, I'm between my sprints, and she says, Hey, are you going to be doing this for a long time? I, th I thought she wanted me out of there so she could focus and meditate and not hear some dude ripping through the parking lot. I said, uh, actually, I'm about halfway done. I'll be done in about 10 minutes. I'll be out of your way. She goes, no. She goes, uh, I used to sprint, and I got in a car accident, and I haven't sprinted in a while. Do you mind if I sprint with you? And I'm like, uh, okay. Now, if you guys know anything about what we do, we don't sprint like normal people. We're not just going jogging around the parking lot. We're, we're doing movements. We're doing starts. I said, absolutely. So I, I walk. I said, listen, I'm going to be in and out. I'm about halfway done. I only have 10 left. Let's go. So I get to the line. I do my 20-yard sprint. I turn around. She is not sprinting after me. She's kind of like just lightly jogging after me. And then she stops and says, you know what? I'm so glad you came here because I need this back in my life. And I'm glad I saw this on the right day of my life. I need to get back into sprinting. She like stretched out a little bit and then went, said, I'm, I'm not going to run with you here. You're going to be here every day. I said, no, I'm on vacation with my wife. I'm only here now. She goes, all right, well, I'm going to start doing this. And I'm really glad. I hope you know that you came here today for a reason. And it was to help get me back into a real right part of my life. So I don't know. I don't know if this lady was just having a moment. I don't know if she was out of her mind. I just hope that, I truly, truly hope that me sprinting in a parking lot helped this lady find a way to find a way, right? If she was going through something, I just, you know, you never know who you're influencing and what you're doing. I think we talked about this before with the guy with the red Corvette, right? You never know when you're going to be somebody's guy with the red Corvette. So maybe I'm out there having a crappy workout and this lady's uninspired by it and just goes and says, ah, this is life, another person dogging. Or maybe she said, this is awesome. There's a guy, freezing cold, you know, early in the morning, everybody else is kind of going to get that coffee, going for a walk, rushing to work. He's getting a sprints in. I just hope, I truly hope that it inspired her. And the message to you is, I hope that you are out there inspiring somebody else with your actions to do the right thing. Are you giving energy? Are you taking energy? Are you giving people life? Are you taking their life? Are you a giver? Are you a taker? All right, people, this may be the longest six-minute Monday in the history of six-minute Mondays, but uh, it's been a while. I'm a little rusty. All right, talk to you soon. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Element. That's L-M-N-T. What's Element? Element is the product that came into my life at exactly the right moment. I've been training hard. I've been sweating like a maniac. But unfortunately, after my sessions, I could never kick that feeling of dehydration. It didn't matter how much water I drank. In fact, the more water I drank, the worse it got. My body was telling me, you need more. You need electrolytes. But I refused to go and buy some sugary sports drink and put that garbage into my body. Enter Element. What's Element? It's a tasty electrolyte drink mix. That's right. I said tasty. They have seven different flavors. My personal favorite is mango chili. But most importantly, it's got no sugar. It's got no gluten. It's got no garbage. It's got no guilt. Take it. You'll feel better. You won't feel like a bum after you drink it. You won't feel any guilt after taking it. To get your element today, go to drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Again, that's drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Get yours today.